Well, hello, hello. Who is it? It's Silly and Sissy. And I got some fun stories to read. We got Wizard of Oz. And we got Favorite Celtic Fairy Tales. In order of that, it was just the um, Druid um, New Year. It's the Celtic Harvest on August 1st. And so, in honor of the Celtic Druids, let's sing a little song about harvesting. It's the harvest time of year Where we can eat apples off the tree And pick our blackberries until our fingers are black And yummy and purple in our mouth And we get to eat cherry plums right off the tree and grapes It's that time of year where you get to make apple pies And have some fun Everything that you grew, you get to eat all that yummy fruit in your and in your garden, all those vegetables like carrots, corn. It's time to eat them and pick them and store them away for winter. So when it comes winter, you'll have some yummy vegetables, yummy in your tummy. Wow. And that is what harvest is all about. It's a lot of hard work, though. Don't get me wrong. And today we have Favorite Celtic Fairy Tales, The Fate of the Children of Lair. It happened that the five kings of Ireland met to determine who should have the head kingship over them. And King Lair, the hill of the white field, expected surely he would be elected. When the nobles went into council together, they chose for head king, dear son of Dagaha. Because his father had been so great a Druid, and he was the eldest of his father's sons. But Lair left the assembly of the kings and went home to the hill of Whitefield. The other kings would have followed after Lair to give him wounds of spear and wounds of sword for not yielding obedience. But Derek the king would not hear of it and said, Rather, let us bind him to us by their bounds of kinship, so that peace may dwell in the land. Send him over to him. For wife, the choice of the three maidens of the fairest form, and best repute in Aaron, the three daughters of oil of Aaron, my own three blossom nursings. So the messengers brought word to Lair that Durg, the king, would give him a foster child of his foster children. Lair thought well of it and set out next day, and he came to the lake of the Red Eye near Killalo. And when Lair saw his three daughters, oil, neg, and the the king said to him, Take the choice of the maidens, Lair. I know not, said Lair, which is the choicest of them all. But the eldest of them is the noblest. It is she I had best take. If so, said Dirigus king, Oiv is the eldest, and she shall be given to thee, if thou willest. So Lair and Well were married and went back to the, to the white field. So they were married and they went back to the white field. And after that they came home to them they came to them twins, a son and a daughter, and they gave them four names, Fugeta and Odd. And two more sons came to them, Fisha and Cohen. When they came what Ove died and lit mourned bitterly for her, but his great love for his children he wouldn't have died of his grief. And Derg the king grieved for Lair and sent them to him and said, We will grieve of heir for thy sake, but that our friendship may not be rent asunder. So Lair agreed, and they reunited, and he took her with him 
to his own house, and at first Oya felt affection and honor for the children of Lair. One day, her chariot was yoked for her, and she took with her the four children. And when the chariot came to the Lake of the Oaks, Oya said to the people, Kill the four children of Lair, and I will give you your own reward. But they refused and told her it was an evil thought she had. Then she would have raised then she raised a sword herself to destroy the children, but her own womanhood and her weakness prevented her so. And so she drove the children of Air to the lake to bathe, and they did as Ophelia told them Opha told them. As soon as they were upon the lake she struck them with the Druze wand and spells and wizardry. Out with you upon the wild waves, children of the king, henceforth your cries shall be the with the flocks of birds. And Fugia answered, Thou witch, we know that by the right name thou malest drive us home from wave to wave, but sometimes we shall rest on the heartland, we shall receive relief, but thou punishment, thou our bodies may be upon the lake. Our minds at least shall fly homewards. And again she spoke, Ajon, an end for the ruin, and woe which has brought upon us. Ophelia laughed and said, Nay, shall we be free, until the women from the south be united to the man from the north, until Argonav caught, until Darth of Munster. Nine hundred years shall you wander over the lakes and streams of Urin. This only I will grant unto you that you retain your own speech, and there shall be no music in the world equal to yours. The plaintive music you shall sing. This, she said, became repentance, seized here for the evil she had done. And then she spanked spank this day, Away from me, you children of Lair. A sword of treachery is through the heart of Lair. Of Lair, the mighty champion, yet though I have driven a sword, my victory cuts me to the throat. Then she turned her steeds and went, steeds and went on to the hill, hill of Jira the king. The nobles of the court asked her where the children were, and she said, Laura will not trust them to dare Dirk the king, but Dirk thought in his own mind that the woman had played some treachery upon them, and he accordingly sent messages to the hall of the white field. Lair asked the messengers, Wherefore are thee come? To fetch the children. Have they not reached you with Ophia? They have not, said the messengers. Then was Lair mercilessly sad at heart, hearing these things, for he knew that Ophia had done wrong upon his children, and he set out towards the lake. And when the children of Lair saw him, Figa sung the lay, Welcome to the steeds, approaching the lake of Red Eye. A company dead and magical, surely seek after us. Let us move to the shore, O oh, Ode. Now host under heaven can those horsemen be, be King Lair with his mighty household. Now as she said this, the king had come to her shores of the lake and heard the swan speaking. The Lair and his people raised their shouts of grief, crying with lamination over the children, and they stayed by the shore of the lake listening to the wild music of the swans. And Derek put his power upon Ophia and bade her say what shape on earth she would think the worst of all. She said it would be the form of an air demon. It is that form I shall put upon you, said Derek. 
But the children of Lair continued to delight the clans with the very sweet fairy music of their song, so that no delight was ever heard in Aaron to compare with their music until the time came appointed for the leaving. Then Finga sang, Farewell to thee, dare the king, Master of all Druids lore, Farewell to thee, our father dear. Little Lair the kill of the white field, Where we go to pass the appointed time. In the current of the moil, Our garb shall be bitter and briny, Until death came to Lairgan. So come ye brothers, O once ruddy cheeks, let us depart from this lake of the red eye. Let us separate in sorrow from the tribe that has loved us. And after that they took to flight, flying highly, lightly, aridly, until they reached the moil between Aaron and Ergen. Then the time came for the children of Lair to fulfill their lot, and they flew to the current. The four came close together, they raised their shouts of, and shouted, Uchan, it is bitterness to my heart to see my father's place forlorn. No hounds, no packs of dogs, no women and no violent kings. No drinking horns, no cups of wood. No drinking in its lightsome house. Ochas, I see the state of this house, that its lord or father lives no more. Much have we suffered by winds buffeted by cold frozen. Now he has come to the greatest of our pain. There lives no man who knows us in this house where we were born. So the children of Lair flew away to the glory island of Brandon the saint, and they settled upon the lake of the birds until the holy, holy St. Patrick came to Aaron, and the holy St. Meg came to glory isle. And then the first night he came to the island of the children of Lair heard the voice of his bell ringing. So that they started and leaped about in terror. And her brothers left Frigga alone. What is it, beloved brothers, said she. We know not what faint, fearful voice it was we have heard. Then Frigga recited this lay. Listen to the cleric's bell. Poise your wings and raise. Thanks to God for his coming. Be grateful that you hear him. He shall free you from pain and bring you from the rocks and stones. Ye come in, children of Lair. Listen to the bell of the cleric. And Mac Hogg came down to the brink of the shore and said to them, Are ye the children of Lair? We are indeed, said they. Thanks be to God, said the saint. It is for your sakes I have come to this isle. Come ye to land now and put your trust in me. So they came to land, and so he made for them change of bright white silver, and put a chain between them. It happened at this time that Laragon was prince of Conwite, and he was to wed Derek, the daughter, the king of Munster. She had heard the account of the birds, and she came filled with love and affection for them, and she said she would not wed until she had the wondrous birds of Glory Isle. Maren brought them to the lake, brought them to the saint Maghog, but the saint would not give them, and both Larrick and Derek went to Glory Island, and Larrick went to seize the birds from the altar, but as soon as he laid hands on them, their feathery floats fell off, and the three sons of Larrick 
became three withered bony old men, and Frigga, a lean withered old woman without blood or flesh, started at this and left the place hastily. Frigga chanted, Come and baptize us, O cleric. Come away, our stains this day I see our grave. Harchan Khan on each side, and in my lap between my two arms placed all of my brightest brother. After this lay, the children of Lair were baptized, and they died, and were buried, as Figra has said. Figra and Cohen on either side, and act before, before her face. A calm burial maker was raised for them, and on it their names were written in ruins, and that is the tale of the children of Lair. And that is an Irish fairy tale, guys and girls. Hope you like that little fairy tale. And because that was so long, I think we had time for the Dorothy. We'll read a little bit of The Wizard of Oz. She's just about to meet the Scarecrow. What do you think about that? She was just about to meet the Scarecrow. We'll read a little bit of this. So when Dorothy was left alone, she began to feel hungry. So she went to the cupboard and cut herself some bread, which she spread with butter. She gave some to Toto, and taking a pail from the shelf, she carried it down to the little brook and filled it with clear, sparkling water. Toto ran over to the trees and began to bark at the birds sitting there. Dorothy went to, to get him and saw such delight, delicious fruit hanging from the branches that she gathered some of it, finding just what she wanted. Then she went back to the house and having helped her, having helped her, the people greeted Dorothy kindly and invited her to supper and to pass the night with them, for this was the home of one of the richest monkeys in the land, and his friends were gathered with him, with him to celebrate their freedom from the bondage of the wicked witch. Dorothy ate a hearty supper and was waited upon by the rich munkin, munchkin himself, whose name was Bach. When Bach saw her silver shoes, he said, You must be a great sorceress. Why? asked the girl. Because you wear silver shoes and have killed the wicked witch. Besides, you have white in your frock. Only witches and sorcerers wear white. My dress is blue and white, checkered, said Dorothy. Something out of the wrinkles in it. It is a kind of you to wear it. Blue is the color of the munchkins, and white is the witch color, so we know you are a friendly witch. Dorothy did not know what to say to this, for all the people seemed to think her a witch, and she knew very well she was only an ordinary little girl who had come by the chance of the cyclone into a strange land. When she had tired watching the dancing, Bog led her into the house where he gave her a room with a pretty bed in it. The sheets were made of blue cloth, and Dorothy slept soundly in them until morning, with Toto curled up on the blue rug beside her. She ate a hearty breakfast and watched a wee munchkin baby who played with Toto and pulled his tail and crowned laughed in a way that greedily amused Dorothy. Toto was a fine curiosity to all the people, for they had never seen the dog before. How far is it to the Emerald City? the girl asked. I do not know, answered Bog gravely, for I have never been there. It is better for people to keep away from Oz unless they have business with him. But it is a long way to the Emerald City, and it will take you many days. The country here is rich and pleasant, 
For you must pass through rough and dangerous places before you reach the end of your journey. This worried Dorothy a little, but she knew that only the great Oz could help her get back to Kansas, so she bravely resolved to turn back. To not to turn back. She bade, she bade her friends goodbye and again started along the road of the yellow brick. When she had gone several miles, she thought she would stop to rest, and so she climbed to the top of the fence. There is a great cornfield behind the fence, and not far away she saw a scarecrow. Dorothy leaned her chin upon her hand and gazed thoroughly at the scarecrow. It had was a small sack stuffed with straw, with eyes, nose, and mouth painted in, painted on it to represent a face, an old pointed blue hat, which had belonged to some munchkin who's, who's perched on his head, and the rest of the figure is a blue suit of clothes, worn and faded, which has also been stuffed with straw. On the feet were some old boots with blue tops, which every man wore in the country. And the figure is raised above the stalks of corn by means of the pole. While Dorothy was looking earnestly into the queer painted face of the scarecrow, she was surprised to see one of the eyes slowly wink at her. She thought she must have been mistaken at first for none of the scarecrows in Kansas ever wink. Then she climbed down from the fence and walked up to it while Toto ran around the pole and barked. Good day, said the scarecrow. Did you speak? Certainly, answered the scarecrow. How do you do? I'm pretty well, thank you, replied Dorothy politely. How do you do? I'm not feeling well, said the scarecrow. For it is very tedious being perched up there night and day to scare away crows, he said with a smile. Can't you get down, asked Dorothy? No, for this pole is stuck up my back. If you will please take away the pole, I shall be greatly obliged to you. Dorothy reached up both arms and laid the figure off the pole. Thank you very much, said the scarecrow. Dorothy, Dorothy was puzzled at at the scarecrow. I feel like a new man. And Dorothy was puzzled again, for it sounded queer for a stuffed man to speak and to see him bow and walk along the the beside her. Who are you? And where are, where are you going? My name is Dorothy, said the girl, and I'm going to the Emerald City to ask that great Oz to send me back to Kansas. Where is the Emerald City, and who is Oz? Well, don't you know? She asked the scarecrow. No, indeed, I don't know anything. You see, I am stuffed, so I have no brains. Oh, I'm awfully sorry for you. Do you think, he asked, if I go to the Emerald City with you, that the great Oz would give me some brains? I cannot tell, but you may come with me if you like. If Oz will not give you any brains, you'll be no worse off than you are now. That is true. I don't mind my legs and arms and body being stuffed because I cannot get hurt. If anything treads on my toes... Or sticks me, doesn't matter. But I do not want people to call me a fool. And if my head always stays stuffed with straw instead of brains as yours is, how am I ever to know anything? I understand how you feel. Thank you. You may come, said Dorothy. If you will come with me, I'll ask Oz to do all he can for you. Thank you again, the, the scarecrow said gratefully. They walked back to the road. Dorothy helped him over the fence.
and they started walking toward the Emerald City. Toady did not like this addition to the party at first. He smelled the stuffed man as if he expected there might be a nest of rats in the straw, and he often growled. Don't mind Toto, said Dorothy to her new friend. He never bites. Oh, I'm not afraid. He can't hurt me. I'm straw. Don't let... Do let me carry that basket for you. I shall not mind it, for I, can, I can't get tired. I'll tell you a secret. There is only one thing in the world I am afraid of. What is that? The munchkin farmer who made you? No, it's a lighted match. <laughs> and the road through the forest. And that is it for tonight. More Wizard of Oz tomorrow. I see you. I see you, little Cory and Abigail and, and Isadora and Bunny. And I see you. Thanks for listening today. Hello and goodbye. Well, we sure had fun talking about fairy tales and, and singing songs about the harvest. And I wanted to tell you, I watched Frozen. Frozen was a good movie. But I have to tell you, it made me a little sad. Because Silly Aunt Sissy, your favorite auntie, grew up watching... Well, it didn't make me sad. It didn't make me sad, necessarily. It just made me think. Yeah. Because at the end, well... I'm sure everyone's seen it. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. It's just different than the fairy tales I grew up with. Uh, where she's with the prince. In this one, you don't know what happens. Well, what do you think? Anyway, that's good though. It just shows a strong woman doesn't need a prince all the time. Well... Let me know what you think about it. Um, I watch Snow White and you'll see what I mean. Alright guys, well thanks for listening to Silly Aunt Sissy. Have a great night and I love you.